don't be a jerk. It's a real slap in the face, okay? So just, just why don't you take a moment, as we turn all the lights back on here, why don't you take a moment? There, there are those triggers in us, right? Even as believers, we have those triggers. And let me just share and be a little vulnerable. I have a trigger in me when I get flipped off and I don't deserve it. Something rises up and I want to slap somebody in the face like that. Okay, that's my thing, okay? Now, if I deserve it, I will own it. I will be like, I'm sorry, I cut you off, flip me off, like do whatever, I'm, I'm good with that. But it's when I don't deserve it and I get flipped off, that, that thing just, I'm like, seriously? And then like un-Jesus things like rise up in me, right? So, so anyway, why don't you just share with somebody around you, what is that thing that causes you to want to just slap somebody in the face like that? So much that their mama will feel it, all right? Just share real quick. And if you're watching online, what's that thing? Just, just make a comment and, and engage with us. What is that thing that, that just makes you want to slap somebody? If you could just share that, that'd be awesome. Maybe two. Maybe two. Somebody said just one. Maybe two. Maybe three. And, and don't be all holier than thou that that never happens. I'm not saying we actually slap somebody. I'm saying it makes you want to. All right? I know we're in church. We can be a little vulnerable and real. All right. Shout out if they're short. Shout out one or two things. What, what'd somebody say? Traffic. Traffic. What else? Siblings, men not being men. Of course, Nick would say something like that. Shout it out. Lying. Lying. Yeah, that, that, crawl, that makes my, 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 my butter crawl a little bit too. What else? Anything else? What was that? Okay, driving. There's a lot of driving thing. I think we need to just slow down in our driving by the sounds of it. Neglect to, to the elderly. Okay, so, so there's a few. Now, now we're going to get through some things today of, of how not to be a jerk, okay? So today's theme is, is don't be a jerk. Let's go to James 1, 19 through 21. And then we're going to talk. Now, let me just say the Bible is really good and thorough about telling us of how not to be a jerk, okay? It's really good. And, and this is definitely an amazing guide of how not to be a jerk, even when those things happen to us. So... Let's just start at verse 19 and recap that again. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God deserves. There's anger. Anger itself is not a sin. What we respond in anger is the sin. We'll get more into that. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. So it's saying, like, like we're going to get angry. Don't let that result in sin. And then it's like, hey, let's let the word of God be planted in us and respond to the word and do as the word says to do and have it in our hearts. So that's kind of what we're going to review today. So we're going to go and we're, we've got three points. How not to be a jerk Old Testament style. The second point is how not to be a jerk New Testament style. And then how not to be a jerk when somebody's a jerk to you. Does that sound good? Those are your three points. Old Testament, don't be a jerk. New Testament, don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk when somebody's a jerk to you. Fair enough? Old Testament, Exodus 20. I'm going to just kind of recap these and read them. They'll probably be on the screen, verses 1 through 17. The Ten Commandments. All right, that's a pretty good 
guideline of how not to be a jerk. It amazes me that, that, Mo, that the Lord actually had to tell to Moses and the people to not kill somebody else. So, so as we read through some of these, I'm like, he had to say it because it was happening. And, and I'll be honest, there's sometimes metaphorically these are speaking by saying some of the words we talked about last week. We're killing somebody else. We're killing their reputation. We're killing their self-esteem, their confidence, their identity in Christ. So I know sometimes like we would not consider killing and murdering somebody, but by doing some of the things we do, we are murdering a piece of them. So, but anyway, let, let's, let's get through this. So as we start kind of the list, these, these aren't necessarily rules to control. They're guidelines to protect us. How many would love to be stolen from? No, not, not me. Anybody else? Or lied to. That was one of the main things that people were shouting out. Lied to, right? These are the things. So, so how not to be a jerk? This is just guidelines to protect and to reveal God's love. So the first one, don't have any other God before me. Number one, everybody say, don't have any other gods. Number two, very closely related to that. Don't have any false idols. Don't bow down. Don't worship any other gods than God himself. Number three, do not take the name of the Lord in vain, okay? I hear this all the time, and we, 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 we will discontinue it and say, well, I didn't say the actual one. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That is the Lord's name in vain. You're not blessing him. You're frustrated, and you're saying it in a negative connotation. So don't use the Lord's name in vain. Number four, remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. Remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. Number five, honor your father and mother. I've got a daughter in here, and I'm just going to say that one twice. Honor your mother and father. Next one, thou shalt not kill. Talked about that briefly. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Again, I, I'm, I'm shocked, and I hopefully we don't have to have a rule to not want to cheat on our spouse because we love them enough and more than what it would be to stay committed to them, right? Next, thou shalt not steal. Next, thou shalt not bear false witness. Don't lie. Another top one on people getting upset to slap somebody, right? Don't lie. And last, thou shalt not covet your neighbor's house, wife, or stuff. Okay, don't be jealous. Be content with what you have and don't want somebody else's stuff. It's pretty easy stuff, right? That's the Old Testament version of, for me at least, of how not to be a jerk. Now, now I'll say this. That last one, we think, well, that's easy. Yeah, until you start seeing what they want and you're going to get something else. And it may not be your neighbor next to your house, but it might be your neighbor at work. It might be your neighbor driving that car that you like. And, and it's this, like, it kind of gets to the root that the love of money of the root of all kinds of evils. It's not money itself. It's saying, man, I, and then all of a sudden we, we make these decisions and we step out and we pursue these things that are honestly kind of a route back to coveting our neighbor or somebody else's stuff or things. Let's go to the New Testament. All right, Matthew 22. This is, this is pretty good. I love this because this is Jesus. They're trying to trick Jesus essentially, okay? And they're trying to tr trick Jesus. Which is the most important of the Ten Commandments? All right, which one? Pick one, Jesus. Which one's the most important? So we get to this place and it says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Verse 37, and he said to him, you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And second is like it. You should love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law of the prophets. So he's saying it all sums up in this greatest commandment of all. And it is to love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. 
That is the New Testament Jesus directive of how not to be a jerk. And it's rooted and grounded in what? Love. It's love. If you love and if you're full of Holy Spirit, you're going to love. That's going to come out. So when you're squeezed, when you're just doing your everyday stuff, you're going to walk in integrity because that's the love of God. You're going to walk in righteousness because that's the love of God. You're going to treat others well because you're loving your neighbor as yourself. You're going to love yourself. You're actually going to believe what God says about you. You're actually going to believe the identity he gave you and not depend on somebody else because you're loving your neighbor as yourself. Listen, let me just say this. You can't love beyond the revelation that you have of yourself. There's this principle in the Bible that freely we receive, freely we give. We can't give something we don't have. So how not to be a jerk? First off, start with you. You have to see yourself the way God sees you. Precious, amazing, royal priesthood. These things that a few weeks ago, we went down the list of everything that the word called you, right? So as we begin to see ourselves like that, we begin to have the grace and see others with those same eyes and that same grace and those same lenses of heaven. And then we begin to treat them like that. I don't treat people based on where they are. I treat them based on where God sees where they should be. I don't go to a heroin addict in our, in our, in our weekly um, thing when I fill in at the fire department and treat them as a heroin addict. I treat them as a beloved of Jesus. I don't treat that patient in an ambulance as, as some frequent flyer that's irritating us and getting us up at 3 a.m. No, I treat that person as a son or a daughter of God because that's what they are. I, I mentioned this briefly um, a little while ago, but recent conversation, and, and it was rude, I believe, from a message from Dan Moeller, and, and it was like, listen, the world owes you nothing. People owe you nothing, but you owe them love. I heard Bill Johnson say this once, you owe the people around you an encounter with Jesus. That's the only thing you owe people. You owe people an encounter with Jesus, meaning you may be the very thing that links them to eternity. And I'm not saying by just sharing the gospel or reading them a scripture. I'm saying by demonstrating. How will they know that you're my disciples? By what? The love you show one to another. By the life, by the example, by shining a light, by being salt and light, by revealing the love, by being a city on a hill, a lamp on a lampstand, right? These are the things that by our life we get to demonstrate the goodness of God. And then suddenly people around us will taste and see that he's good because we've left a good taste in their mouth about a good God. So let's move on. Matthew 7, 12 says this. Have you heard about the golden rule? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law of the prophets. Again, another summary of the law of the, of the Ten Commandments given to Moses all the way back in the Old Testament. Now Jesus is saying, this sums it up. Do unto others as you have them do unto you. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Pretty easy, right? Until you're squeezed. Until that person does that trigger, Right? Let's, let's finish this point here in 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-control, sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers what? No matter what anybody's doing around you, love covers that. God's love covers that. Love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without what? It's like giving your tithes and complaining about it. 
God loves a cheerful giver, right? These are ways to not be a jerk. Like, like show hospitality, be nice. It's funny to me that like we as Christians, and, and even back then when, when they're writing these letters to the church and Paul's writing these letters to the church, they're having to remind them, be nice, don't be jerks. You are different, you are set apart, right? Walk in your new nature, walk in your new self. You are new creatures in Christ, right? And, and again, here we go. Show hospitality without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. I want to read that again. Read it with me. In everything, God may be glorified. We're going to try that one more time. We're going to read it together, okay? I think I heard the online viewers more than the people in here. <laughs> in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. In our lives, in everything we do, we're doing it so that God may be glorified in Jesus Christ. So, so we are shining this light. So not lying to somebody is glorifying Jesus. Not taking advantage of somebody is, is, is glorifying Jesus. Honoring our word and our commitments is honoring Jesus and bringing him glory. These are the things. If you operate a business, showing up on time, doing what you said you're going to do for the price you're going to do it at, being honest, doing good work, doing it as, as if it's your own house or, or your parents' house, right? These are the things. Matt and I, Many years ago, I was starting a long company. Matt's like, uh, we were both on a 24-hour work schedule at the fire department. And I was like, we were, I was sick of paying somebody to mow the church. And uh, we were at our old building. We were paying somebody almost $100 a mow to mow the church. I said, you know, I'm going to buy a mower. I'm going to do it for free. I'll pick up enough lawns to, to cover the cost of the mower. And then I'll get to mow the church for free. And that was, that was the heart behind it. I was like, I think if I get six lawns, I can make this happen and come out even and just mow a day a week. Matt's like, hey, let me in on that. I'll, I'll be your partner. And I was like, okay. So we start up this business, and um, no marketing, no, no campaigns, no, no ads in the paper. And before we knew it, before we ever even finished, like, the first month of the season, we had 35 lawns. Our name of our company was Integrity Lawn Services. And, and we operated for six years. Then I sold the business because the responsibility was increasing here. And Nicole had uh, quit uh, working outside as a teacher to, to stay home with the kids. So, and then I switched my schedule at work. I can't mow grass anymore. So something had to go. So at any rate, um, by the way, we were doing like the Dave Ramsey plan and trying to get financially free. We gave up $60,000 of income a year, had $25,000 in debt, and still got debt free within a year. It works. It works. So when you trust God in your finances, it works. So, so at any rate, back to the actual story. All we did was do what we said we were going to do, and we were nice. That was it. There was no—and we took care of Lola, um, Lola's uh, lawn for a ton of time. Something's not right there. We started taking care of widows. We started taking care of the church. We started doing things and putting God first. But the reality was we kept our word. That was it. We'll do it at this price. Yes, we'll show up every week, and we'll do a good job, and we'll treat you well, and that's what you can expect with us. It was so easy. I was like, man, in this market, there's no way. If we hope to get six lawns, right? 
It was, it's, lawn care is a competitive market. But I think with any market, if you do what you say you're going to do and you actually model like Jesus, you're going to be successful. Why? Because it's a surprise to people that you actually follow through because they've had so many bad experiences. I had, my neighbor had a lawn care company. And in and, and, and the lawn care company he had, he said he would never mow a church again because they were the worst to pay their bills. And he's telling me this, and I was like, man, we pay early. We make sure we're never late on a bill. Soon as we get a bill, we don't wait the 30 days or the 45 days. We as a church here have a policy. The moment we get a bill, we pay it. We want to be the best in business. We want people who come in. We're, we're getting ready to expand the building. If you didn't know this, uh, the church, the elders and the church both voted that we expand the building. The same builder's building for us because he said we're amazing to work with. Because we keep our word, we pay our bills, we're honest, and we understand that in business we both have to win. It's not just us gouging him and saying, we want to get everything we can, we want to squeeze you, and we don't want you to make any money. That's not business, that's not relationship, that's not covenant, that's not kingdom. He's working for a living to do this, so we want him to be blessed, we want him to find crazy deals, we don't expect to gouge him, we want him to make a ton of money, and we want to save money in the process. That's business. That's, that's kingdom concept. Let, let me move on. Whoever serves as one serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. He deserves this. God, God deserves this. And by us not being jerks, by us shining a light, by us revealing the love of the Father, it is the goodness of God that lead men to what? Repentance. It's his goodness. So all of a sudden, we're not that hypocritical Christian being a jerk, and we're actually going to lead people in because we're sharing our story. We're being real. Uh, 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 Let me just add this in. I'm just going to pluck this in, not in the notes. One way to not be a jerk is be real. Don't make somebody think you're somebody you're not. Don't make somebody think you're perfect because you're a Christian or because I'm a pastor, i got to be perfect. Every week, I, 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 I talk about my shortcomings. Why? Because I experience grace and I want to freely give grace and I understand people may not be where they are or they're supposed to be, but they're not where they used to be. That's my walk. I'm in process. I've not perfected this thing. Every day I'm more and more like, hopefully becoming more like Jesus, like the word says. But it is process. It is is this thing of of slow implementation. And sometimes I got to relearn something I thought I already learned because I didn't get it because I was a jerk. (laughs) I'm full of myself, or I'm conceited, or, or, or I'm arrogant, or whatever. And every day I'm praying the Lord, make me humble, make me hungry. That's, that's typically like my prayer. I want to be humble. I want to be hungry. I want more of you, Jesus. I don't want to be a jerk. When I was growing up, so many people in my life and so many experiences in my life, I saw hypocrisy. I became an atheist because I saw religion and rules. I didn't see the Ten Commandments as protection and provision. I saw it as rules and control. I saw this system of Christianity as control, and I wasn't seeing Jesus through the Christians I knew, or at least that I looked up to or that I experienced. I was seeing people who who would be this way on a Sunday and totally different through the week, totally different on the weekend, totally different at night, and only about their own interests. Let's not be that jerk. The kingdom needs us to not be hypocrites. I mean jerks. Fruits of the Spirit. Here's a good one. I'm just going to read through the list for the sake of time. Galatians 5, if you're taking notes. Here's some ways of not being a jerk. Love. Walk in love. Be joyful. Spread joy. Be joy. Peace. 
be peacemakers. Blessed are the what? Peacemakers. Those who bring peace, have peace, walk in peace, demonstrate peace. Peace is from heaven, the shalom peace of heaven. We get to actually be distributors of all this if we're walking in it. Like, man, even in this, you're still full of hope and joy and peace. Yep. Yeah, because I know God wins. I know God's in control. I know God's got this. But my kids, no, he's, he, he loves your kids. But my finance, no, he loves your finances. He loves you. But my marriage is falling apart. Yeah, he is a counselor. He's the greatest counselor on the planet. So your marriage, it can work out. It goes on and on and on. Kindness, yeah, be kind. Don't be a jerk. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and the hardest one, I think, for me and most of us in here, self-control. I love teaching my kids self-control. And thanks to Danny Silk and, and, and Danny Jr., a.k.a. Josh Haas, had asked, if you're not going to control yourself, I'm going to have to control you. But I want you to control yourself because I don't like controlling you. Because when I control you, it's spanking you or it's doing this or it's tapping your mouth. This week, she wouldn't stop. I was like, Kadassa, self-control. <laughs> but it worked. We're teaching our kids these things. And, and let me just say this. I'm mostly teaching them not by correction, but by demonstration. Honestly, they are watching me. And I'm not always succeeding, but I'm trying. All right, last point. What's the Bible say about being a jerk when somebody's a jerk to you? We'll get there. Yeah, this is good. Keep going. Forgiveness. What's Psalm 23 say? It actually says he's preparing a table in the presence of your enemy. You're going to get to do dinner with your enemies and those who persecute you, those who are terrible to you. And yeah, turn the other cheek. So Matthew 5. If you have your physical Bibles, I'm just going to peruse Matthew 5. This is great for your notes. Matthew 5. I'm, not, I'm only going to hone in on verses 38 through 48, but I want to just kind of peruse through and show you Matthew 5 is an incredible chapter to teach you of how not to be a jerk as a Christian. Or not to be a jerk in general. I don't care if you're a Christian or not. Don't be a jerk. I do care if you're a Christian or not, actually. Anyway, Matthew 5. First off, we have the Beatitudes, okay? I might read some of those. I'm going to read all of those. God blesses those who are poor in spirit and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will have been shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things about you. Basically, God blesses you when you tolerate the junk that we talked about last week being done to you or with you. When people are gossiping, showing discord, slandering you, or, or just talking bad to you or nasty or word cursing you, God blesses you. God blesses you, and he says that your prize, your, your joy, your inheritance is stored up in heaven. Then we get through here. We go, oh, wow, okay. Next is salt and light, to be the salt and light. Oh, teaching about the law, obeying the law, teaching about anger, managing anger, 
There's a funny movie called Anger Management. Now, I have this, this habit to recommend movies that I watched probably before Jesus, and I think they're hilarious, and then I'll go back and watch it with Jesus. I was like, that was terrible. So this is not an endorsement. It's just a funny concept of a movie of Adam Sandler on the plane <laughs> trying to get his crap together, and they just keep, like, coming at him. And it was all to do with anger management. Anyway. Adultery. Divorce. Then we get into revenge. And then loving our enemies. Here's what we're going to read. Verses 38 through 48. You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, what do we do, Amanda? We turn. We offer him the other cheek. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give it to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Verse 43. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. Basically, he's saying, don't be a jerk. Leave it up to him. He'll take care of business. Everybody say business. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Now, come on. In this day and age, with everything going on, I find my, my easy button, my Staples easy button, to just love those who I agree with. That's easy. I'm going to tap that button. I'm, gonna, I'm only, I'm only going to associate and be with and follow on Instagram those who I agree with. The challenge right now of not being a jerk is loving those you disagree with, associating with those you disagree with, because guess what? They need Jesus too. They need the light of the Father. They need the love of a good Father. If you are kind, or wait, I think I skipped one. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Be like Jesus. Can I just sum up everything of today's week three of don't be a jerk? Be like Jesus. I mean, let's not forget those bracelets, which I think are still pretty popular. WWJD, what would Jesus do? What would he do in this moment? What would he do in this business? What would he do at the grocery store right now? What would he do when that person cuts you off? Another one that makes me want to slap somebody so silly. I'm standing in line. There's a clear line, especially like the self-checkouts get a little discombobulated. And then somebody just comes in. I'm like, What would Jesus do? Your time must be more valuable than mine. Go, bless you. <laughs> Go in peace. I start to picture Jesus in these fun ways, right? Because he's not a jerk. Everybody was drawn to him. He let love shine before anything else. And I can't, I could, we could read so many verses and chapters and even books that are written about not being a jerk and being like Jesus and to love. Love conquers a multitude of sin. Let me, let me close with this. Ephesians 4, 17 through 32. This is the summary of really the message. And I think maybe somebody can come play or something. If that's what you talked about. I had to drive to Springfield and back this morning to take my daughter somewhere, so I missed the briefing, so I don't know what was assumed I would do. 
There are no assumptions up here, though. <laughs> like, what are you feeling today, Aaron? I don't know yet. Or I'll be like, I think this, and then we get here, and it's like, no, totally different. Ephesians 4, 17 through 32. It's titled, Living as Children of Light. This is just a good summary. With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as Gentiles do. Live no longer as sinners or foreigners. Don't, don't live like the world lives, for they are hopelessly confused. I, I don't know about you, but I have the hope of Jesus. I have hope. I get to be better than the world. I have hope. I have the peace. I, I have the fruits of the Spirit when I'm full of the Spirit. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for their lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. He's saying here, Paul's saying, throw off your old self. That, that old man died. It's time to live as the new man. It's time to live as the new creature. It's time to live as the new creation and walk in the light that Jesus has called you to walk in. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Do you know this has to happen from the inside out? I know there's a point of time like we can fake it till we make it, right? But the true genuine, I mean, people sniff it out a mile away. You would sniff me out if I was a phony, a fraud, and a fake standing up here living a different life off the stage than what I was on the stage. Nor would I want that. I, I want to be pure from the inside out. I, I, want, I want, like I always say, I want my kids and my wife at home to see a better version of me than even you see on the stage. That's, that's my goal in life. So from the inside out is renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Good things come from when you're purified from the inside out. You're not just a polished tomb, as the word says. You're not just a shiny cup that looks good on the outside. There's something special on the inside. Now, when you're squeezed or when people around you, it's just popping. I tell you, man, Jared, Jared walks this out. He's a barista at, at Purebred in Troy, and, and people come in. They made a T-shirt having Jared on the front. Not because he's pushing the Bible or, or, or you know, sharing the gospel directly, but because he's being a light that's like Jesus. He's being hope to people. He's being joy to people. He's being a fresh smile. He's asking about their day and engaging with the customers because he cares. That, there, there's these over and these covert missions, right? Over, I get to share the gospel, lead you to Jesus. Change the Lamb's book of life, right? Covert is in my everyday life, I just get to be me who is in Jesus and reveal the light to you. Let, let me move on. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Verse 25, so stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It doesn't say stop being angry. It says don't sin while you're angry. Uh, listen, there, we are made human. We have emotions. The great thing about the Holy Spirit is we have self-control of how to manage those emotions and give them to Jesus. When you feel hopeless, he is the hope. 
When you feel mad, he is the peace. When you feel anxious, he is the peace, right? When you start to feel these feelings, all of a sudden, I give it to Jesus. And like last week, what I was saying is like so many times we go to others with these emotions and these feelings and these thoughts and this asking for wisdom and advice when we've never even went to Jesus. We first go to a person and we first seek out man's wisdom and man's uh, stuff, right? And I'm telling you what, Jesus is the best way to deal with this stuff. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. <laughs> quit stealing. Quit taking. Be givers. Work. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit by what you're doing. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit by being a jerk. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Do you know a jerk holds things against others? A jerk doesn't walk in forgiveness? Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. As God's given you all this stuff, be that to others. Last night, uh, we had a bonfire. It was a beautiful night for a campfire. Jared actually sent me a picture. They were having one too. And our girls, there's, there's always something going on. Sometimes they're just not content with just sitting around a fire. I just want to watch the flames. I want to be mesmerized by the flames and fall into that, that just... You guys ever do that? It's like... So, so anyway, the girls are like, we're going to have a dance party. So, so Hadassah and Evelyn, they start doing this routine. They're like, you got to watch. And then all of a sudden they turn. It's, we were watching a show. So they created a show that was a gymnastic show. So it was like this whole creative thing. It was actually very creative. It was very good. So then one's dancing and one's jealous and mad. And it's like they're acting out this whole thing. And then all of a sudden they turn it on us and like, you're the judges. Who was better? I'm not, I'm not in this show. I don't want to be in this show. I don't want to judge. Like, no, Dad, we told you from the beginning you're judging. I was like, I don't remember that. I was in the trance. <laughs> so then all of a sudden, I was like, all right, fine. Evelyn, you got a 9.2. Hadassah, you got a 9.4. Because then they were like, somebody gave each nine. So like, there can't be ties. I was like, fine, I'm going to give the better one the better score. Well, fine, here, we're doing this. I'm choosing favorites now as a dad, right? So then all of a sudden, Evelyn had made that video. She's like, that's it. I'm going to the slap championships. And she starts acting out the slap championship. I was like, no, it's like this, right? Listen, the, the, the people around you, even when they do wrong, you're not to slap them back. I, I saw, I was watching part of the Arnold Classic and I saw that. And I was like, oh, this is great. Don't be a jerk. It's a slap in the face. Here, here's the thing. However people know you they know what you stand for they know if you're a professing christian they know that you probably go to upper room because at one point or time you've probably revealed it somehow way shape or form or or you posted it on your mother's day thing with the panel in the background whatever like they know right and it literally is a slap in the face if you're not walking out what you're talking it's a slap in the face it was to me and i'm not saying we have to be perfect and let me just say this you're a jerk if you're one of those people not forgiving others 
You're a jerk if you're not offering that same grace as me when I fall or let you down or offend you or forget to say hi to you. You're being a jerk. It's these things. You're being a jerk if you're not engaging in the same thing that you want somebody to do back to you. My daughters will sometimes say, well, she didn't even talk to me. Well, did you talk to them? No. It's a two-way street, girls. Relationship, covenant, it is a two-way street. And if you're not holding up your end of the bargain or pushing in to what you want, you're being a jerk. That's bluntly said. God wants the fullness. He, He wants you to walk in the fullness for the sake of others, but really just for the sake of you. He wants you to be the best you that he's created you to be. You know that? He's created you to be amazing. He's created you to be awesome, and you are. And he just wants you to walk in that. So here's what we're going to do. Um, we're, we're, I would love, I love breaking up into small groups. So we're going to put a couple answer, uh, questions on the screen. And those of you watching online, they'll be up on the screen for you. And there's three questions. So just break up into, into groups of four or five, no more than five or six. And, and just people around you or if somebody's drawn you to across the room or whatever, just, just partner up and we're going to process three questions. The three questions um, are, are going to be, let me look them up. What is an example that you have experienced from someone being a jerk to you? That's the first question. The second question is going to be, how were you a jerk before Christ? What are some things? Let's be vulnerable a little bit here. And the third thing is, what is an area or areas that you currently need to work on that you're being a jerk in? So those three, just get into small groups. And if you're online, just engage and and type in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. So we're going to give you about five to, to seven minutes to process some of this. And then what I'd like to do is just just maybe hear from a few of you. So you can text that number, just a few common answers that are quick and brief.
All right, you should probably be pushing into that third question by now. If not, you need to be. If you're with somebody close to you, maybe ask them, what area do you need to work on being a jerk? Let me just say, your spouse probably knows more than you about how you need to not be a jerk, or your best friend, or your sibling. Your sister probably knows how you need to not be a jerk. So if you're ready to hear it, ask. <laughs> Good. You've been given the Ministry of Reconciliation. Okay, one more minute. One more minute. Josh, was that first comment from you or somebody put that? All right, good. I get to pick on somebody. All right. I forget the comedian's name, but you might be a redneck if. Jeff Foxworthy. Okay, this could be, we could like legit go down this path. You might be a jerk if. Somebody sent in a comment. It re is it really being a jerk or are people too sensitive? If that's your thought, you're a jerk. If you think it's everybody else but you, you're a jerk. So we can let go down a whole path of this. So anyway, um, I'm not calling anybody out because it's anonymous. I don't know who sent it. But anyway, listen, we're going to turn here a little bit. So just, um, man, you, you can continue these conversations after church. Um, we, we welcome that. But I, I want to turn something. And I, I feel this. I feel like coming into this morning, I feel there's a call on repentance. And, and, and I know we're using slang of, of being a jerk and all these things, but, but listen up here. I feel like on this house and in this moment, there's a call to repentance. I believe at one time or another, we've all been jerks. We've not shined the light in the, and used the platform that God gave us, whether that's in our workplace, in our home, to the people around us, or simply just for us. So, so here's, here's the truth. I, I feel like um, there's, this, there's this time of repentance to where we can say, um, hey, hey, God, you know, I've been a jerk. I haven't been walking in my new created self. I haven't been walking as a new creature. Help me. Help me. That's, that's humility, right? So we've been reading a lot of this today. And, and I just want to point out a few verses on repentance. Acts 3.19, you know, it, it's saying, repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sins will be blotted out. Once we repent, all of a sudden, repentance is not just saying, I'm sorry, it's turning away from. 
That's what the word repentance means. It's, it's, it's repent and don't repeat it, right? It's saying sorry, being, being sorrowful, being, being, knowing that you've hurt somebody or hurt the Lord and then turning away from it. And it's saying if we do that, we come in a heart like that, all of a sudden they're blotted out. Also in Acts 2.38, Peter said, as he's, as he's delivering this message, he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit is associated to repentance. It's an amazing thing. Last, I want to point out Matthew 4.17. And Jesus says, Jesus is saying this, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In our repentance, we get to walk out as free sons and daughters. We get to walk in freedom, in liberty, sanctification, right? We get to walk this out. And let me just say, the kingdom is at hand and the kingdom is advancing. And in our repentance and in our true nature, the way God created us to be, especially after repentance, the kingdom gets advanced because people see Jesus in us. The kingdom is at hand. That means the kingdom is within reach. So here's what I, I really feel. The Bible talks about confessing our sins one to another. There's power in that. There's vulnerability. It requires courage. But I would love for you just this one last thing in your small groups is to, to, to repent and share maybe this thing I want to work on and take time just praying for one another in your repentance. Let me lead you and then you can, you can do it within your groups. All right. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you that uh, for your call, your 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 push within us to be like you, to reveal your love, to shine your light before men, Lord, and before you. And Lord, we thank you. Lord, help us to not be jerks. Help us to reveal your love and your true nature and who you are. But Lord, Lord, let us be humble to say, do a work in us. We're the clay, you're the potter. Don't let us just be fake. Don't let us be phonies. Don't, don't let us be hypocrites. Don't let us be mean. Let us, let us truly have, have this, this, this revelation. Let us truly have this revival within us to be different, to walk as new creatures and new creations in you, Jesus. And in that, Lord, we know we're not going to be jerks because you're not a jerk. You're not a jerk. You, you don't do bad, God. You didn't provide those, those things. You didn't give cancer. You didn't do that stuff, Lord. You're not a jerk. You're the giver of life. Well, let us walk in life. Let us walk in hope. Let us walk in your love. Well, we thank you. And, and as we enter this time of repentance, Lord, we just say sorry. And give us the strength and the courage and the ability to not turn to those things again. We love you in Jesus' name. As groups, why don't you just take some moments here and get intimate, get, get vulnerable, and uh, begin to process that and then pray with each other for repentance. After that, there will probably be some prayer people up front here if you need prayer for anything. If you, if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, man, we would love to welcome you into the greatest relationship in eternity. Bless you guys. Have a good week.